waste any time today, shall we? Mr. Barker, I got to get home and shovel out my driveway. So, Yes, I'm so happy for that. I'm in the shade down here. You're in the shade. Nice. I am in the shade. It's so hot. The oh, sun is yeah, yeah, so yeah. big that it would, it would turn me into a crispy too brown, and I don't want that. It's too early for me to get like that. All right. I hear a little bit of wind there. The wind must be bad. How are you How are you holding up with the wind? Yeah, it's awful. It's just terrible, and I apologize for the wind. It is what it is. Uh, I am, I am uh, right now, as we speak, Mitch White is about to throw his first live uh, batting practice. Whoa, to try Vladimir to keep the Gerard excitement Jr. down. Brandon Belt. And Alejandro Kirk. Well, those are that's big deal. I mean, yeah. uh, it's so it's such a big deal, and there's so many people down there watching it that I can't get close to it. I'm pretty far away from it. That's why you can't hear it. There's some people paying attention to that. Ross Atkins is down there, the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays. So it's obviously, you know, a big deal. There's mm-hmm. some people that are taking some swings, and a guy that's throwing that you may throw into the back end of your bullpen that you might need early in the season. So it's a, it's a pretty big deal this early in spring training. Yeah, Mitch White coming off uh, an injury. He's way behind uh, a lot of the other pitchers. He is a guy that. I think going into spring training, a lot of people figured we'd be competing for the fifth starter spot. It appears right now as if barring injury, uh, you say Kikuchi has got that spot. Kevin, two of the guys who are taking BP today are Alejandro Kirk, who, of course, joined uh, the Jays late as a result of uh, uh, remaining in California, waiting the birth of his child, and Brandon Belt, who's showing up and uh, is also rehabbing from an injury. They are both, I believe, facing Mitch White today in live batting practice. Any idea as to when we may see either of them, one of them, both of them in action? Well, I think John Snyder yesterday said that Alejandro Kirk could be first of the week. I'd heard as soon as Sunday. Uh, I know he was on the side here catching Mitch White. I think Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. It looks to me like from far away that he is the catcher. Now, I'm sure he's going to take that off because they do have another catcher standing down there. So I'm sure that'll be the same as Kirky flipping around and taking some swings too yeah it's sooner than later uh, you know and I think that would be as early as Sunday it sounds like for Kirky now for Brandon Belt I, <laughs> look the people that I've talked to and I just had a conversation about him about five minutes ago it doesn't seem like he's in any, any hurry he could do without any spring training games it sounds to me like the way they have machines that can duplicate breaking balls and, and location and fastball speed and you know he can do that a little bit off the field instead of trying to do it uh you know in live batting practice or in a in a live game so mm. you, you know sounds like one is going to be way sooner than the other but this is a step in the right direction and i did see vladdy down there earlier before we went on the show taking some batting practice and hitting home runs to right center he looks frisky right it's it's down and through it and and the ball's coming off his bat the way he should be coming off you know he's using his lower half that's the one thing i was trying to look at is is he using his lower half is he favoring it is he thinking about it the ball's coming off his bat the way it was he was more talking to guillermo martinez about bat path and and when his foot was getting down on time other than the injury so that's a big deal sounds like he's all systems go and 
people I talk to about Vladdy, too, they ain't going to be in no hurry, mm-hmm. right? Again, we've talked about this, and, and a lot of people have said this. If they lose Vladdy for a long period of time, they're in trouble. Like, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. So when you have a little tweak, this is why I am very shocked that it sounds like he may be thinking about going to the second round of the WBC. I can be honest with you, Jeff, and I'm going to be the first to say it. If I'm running this organization, he ain't going to that. But it just sounds like they, you know, if they're thinking he's okay, him going and competing with his yeah. country, it sounds to me like it seems like they're okay with that. If it was me, I, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I guess the only – look, there's, it's a matter of delicacy, obviously, for people. Um, you know, most front – I mean, this is a partnership between, between players and ownership. Uh, the World Baseball Classic. We know that Vladdy wants to play. We've, we've, you know, that that's been made abundantly no clear. He suggested it. He suggested it on, on, on social media. And I guess the thing is, you know, there is an element of of trust here. If he's healthy enough to play games, if he's healthy enough to play Grapefruit League games, then I suppose the argument would be okay. If you, if if he's healthy enough to do that. Uh, how can you keep him out of the World Baseball Classic? You know, the, it, yeah, it, I, I mean, I'm again, I'm with you. I'm conflicted about this thing. Uh, I, the World Baseball Classic, I think, is. I, mean, I watched some of the games this, or I watched a game this morning from Japan. I've watched some of the other games. I mean, the places, the stadiums overseas are jammed. We know that that the USA and Mexico is going to be a sellout at Chase Field. People seem to be really eating up this stuff. And I'm a believer that you have to grow the game and all that good stuff. But part of me also looks at this like the NHL All-Star game. You know, if if Rob Manfred got up tomorrow and said, you know what, we're never going to do the World Baseball Classic again, I don't know how many people will be complaining. I really don't. I know a lot of executives wouldn't because uh, I'm with you, man. You, uh, you got to keep your guys healthy. Vladdy isn't getting paid to hit home runs for the Dominican Republic. Vladdy's getting paid to hit home runs for the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, there's some there's some really smart people running this organization. They're going to they're going to do what's best for the player first and foremost and their organization. They they see the exact same thing that me, you and a lot of people see that if they if they lose Vladdy for long periods of time, this lineup's trouble. It's 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 way easier to pitch to and there's some unknowns at the back end of that lineup yes. that we just really don't know what we're going to get from it, but we I think know what we're going to get from Vladdy. So I'm sure they're going to do their thing and and make sure that he's 100% again. I think there has to be some of that where you just take a step back and go, hey, is this really what's best for our organization? Because what what would be awful, and I'm not saying this would, would ever happen, but if he gets healthy enough that they think he can go and then he goes there and he tweaks it again and he has to miss the first couple of weeks of the season, yeah, that is what you don't want to see. So, again, I, I'm sure they're they're going to sit down and have the conversations that they need to have and, and they'll come up with a plan and, and make sure that it's a plan that's best for everybody and – it's, that's that's sort of you know we we talked about what what the what's the things to look for in the Blue Jays spring training. All of a sudden, it's a topic, like it's a it's a conversation now, and it's something they need to figure out and make sure they make the right decision. The uh, Jays had split squad action yesterday, and as is often the case, they split the results. They lost six one to the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field. Nate Pearson a bit of a rough go, but he did hit a hundred. Uh, hit 98-99 as well. He's kind of undone by uh, double stolen base. Uh, at home, the Jays beat uh, the Jays beat Atlanta 3-1 in the 
in Dunedin. Kevin Gossman uh, had a decent start. Two hits, two strikeouts, three and two-thirds innings again as the pitchers uh, build up their pitch count. George Springer, Kevin Vigil with home runs today in a game you can catch on Sportsnet and also on Sportsnet 590. The fan on the radio, the Jays are in Fort Myers to take on Boston. The lineup is Lucas Martinez, Britton Bernard, Jimenez, Brantley, Eden, Nunez, and Tally. Zach Thompson gets the start for the Blue Jays, and he's either bidding, I guess he's got, you might think he's got an outside shot at the fifth starter spot, swingman spot, but more more than anything else, I if think he, injuries, he's, he's going to be he's going to be a depth pitcher. We will be joined by Ben Wagner from Fort Myers. We will also be joined in a few minutes by Addison Barger, a uh, rookie uh, who has, well, he's certainly caught people's attention. He's, he's done a nice spring, six for 22, a couple of doubles, a home run, uh, 22 at bats. He certainly getting a lot of playing time at play third base, shortstop. A lot of folks like him at second base as well. Get a little tour of the outfield corners, I suppose, at some point uh, as well. Kevin, I wanted to ask you about Addison Barger. Look, I think the plans right now, everything we're told, is uh, he is destined to be the opening day third baseman at AAA. Um, has he done? Has he done what he's had to do so far this spring? Yeah, that's 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 almost an impossible question to answer. I mean, unless he goes twenty for twenty and hits ten homers, and then you just open so many eyes and, and push it and put so much pressure on him that they have to put him on the team. He hasn't done that. Has he opened enough eyes to say that you know he's athletic enough, he has a strong enough arm that he could, if he's hitting, he is a hitter first guy for me. Mm-hmm. He's not a defender first guy, right? So he's going to make it to the big leagues because of his bat, because he can use the the whole field. Now, the whole field for him is left center to right field line. It ain't line to line. Line to line don't grow on trees. For me, he ain't one of them. So, I think that for me, has, he's opened enough eyes that will tell you, you know, it seems like he can catch up to velocity. Uh, it's the breaking ball command. You know, with the big leagues, they'll find out if you can hit the heater first. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to start flipping it to you. It's happened to everybody. It happened to me. It happened to a bunch of people. And that's the adjustments. And I think, I don't know if they've seen enough of that yet. You know, that's why they're trying to flip him around and maybe put him in left field to, if he is raking and they he forces their hand to where, you know, they, they have to put him in the lineup. They can stick him in left field, give a guy a day off. You know, some things are going to happen. Some injuries will happen. That's the thing, right? you got a bunch of guys that are here that aren't going to make the team that are just sort of putting themselves in line. If something was to happen, are you going to be the guy that gets called up mm-hmm. first? For me, that's what these guys are playing for. You mentioned Thompson. You could go down the list. There's guys here who's not going to be the 26th guy. They're playing for the guy to be called up the first time. So, I think you could put Addison in that group of, you know, if he goes down there, you know, he may be a little bit differently because they want to see him play third base every single day. I was going to say he may not. And do it at the highest level. He may not be the guy you would bring up if, let's say, Matt Chapman goes down for four days or something like that. That's why you have Santiago Espinal. He could play some third base, and you could fill in the blanks there. But, I, yeah, I get your point. But it's it's uh, you, you asked me, has he done enough? Yeah, I, I don't think so yet. I, you know, I think he's done enough to, to now they know exactly what he needs to go to the minor leagues and work on. I think that's the case, right? When you come here and you've, you know, you're not playing 
all the time. You're not in the penciled in the lineup every single time, and you get to come off the bench. They get to see you in in different environments and how your swing's going to react and how you react defensively. He's an athletic guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's obvious. You look at him. He's an athletic freak. So he's got that taken care of. Now it's just the the plan and the approach that he talks about, and we're going to ask him about that. It's it's refining all the little things it takes to be an everyday guy because they want him to be an everyday guy. So. Kevin, how important is it for a guy like him to um, be able to absorb lessons from guys like Vladdy or Bo or Victor Martinez or Edwin or Don Mattingly? You know, we saw last year uh, Arelvis Martinez basically glued at the hips to Teoscar and Vladdy and hitting with them in their group and, and just developing that that sense of... I'm not yet part of the team, but I'm very much part of the organization and I could be part of the team. How important is it, do you think, in this day and age, when a lot of guys are on their own program, right? How important is that stuff still, is that stuff to a young guy? Yeah, I think it's you got to actually see it in action. Walking up to a guy or Don Mattingly and, and saying, how did you do it 25 years ago when you were 0 for 15? Like, uh, different people are going to handle that conversation in different ways. But mm-hmm. if you get in groups, like I just watched Addison hit take batting practice with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Brandon Belt. Like, you can watch the swing path. You can watch what they try and do early in batting practice. You can try and find a routine that works for you that you can perfect so you can do it every single day, which you know if you're doing it right and you perfect it, it will translate between the lines and make you the best player you could possibly be. I believe in that. All of that other stuff that everybody says, you go and you sit on planes and you're picking, it's a lot of it's eyewash. Because a lot of what works for one elite dude, because normally it's the elite guy talking. It ain't the Kevin Barker talking. Mm. It's the elite guy talking. Mm-hmm. And what works for him, you know, it's like the Chipper Jones. I talk to Chipper Jones a lot. I text back and forth, and he'll tell me this, that, and the other. And it's just like that doesn't translate to me because I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Most people can't do that. So you got to, you know, I think for younger guys now, yeah, it's not going to hurt because you're going to take little bits, and you need to know what to take in and what to throw out. But it's that hitting in that group with elite dudes that know how to do little things and how do they go about it. And I think it's more about that. I, a prime example, I saw Belt and Bo Bichette down there. You could actually, because I said hi to Bo, but I, I was actually watching them when they were taking swings and Bo was doing something with his hand about his elbow being above his eyes. And you could tell, like, uh, for whatever reason, Brandon didn't like that. And the conversation back and forth, that's elite stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, Bo is seeing something with Brandon or vice versa, and they're throwing that back and forth. But it's two guys that have been there and done it before who've had success, who can have that conversation and actually relate because they know what works for them. And that's that was kind of cool to watch and i tried to get a little closer to hear what they were saying but i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't do that and and it's just funny to watch dudes stand around the batting cage who are you know there and mean a lot to their team and Mm -hmm. their organization and are having that conversation trying to make themselves the best they can possibly be so it's kind of cool it's a long-winded answer for you but it's an important part it's an important part of spring training i think fans need to know that because fans see that fans here Writers yeah. and broadcasters, look, that's every spring somebody writes that story. Oh, my God, you know, this veteran's having a dramatic impact on a young player. I mean, it's just it's it's standard spring training yeah. stuff along with I'm in the, I think, I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, it's just it. it it's, you just I think write it's, it. it, it. <clears throat> 
it's actually more about being in a group with those people and mm-hmm. seeing them do it instead of hearing them do it. For me, that's a big difference. As we await Addison Barger, I did want to ask you about George Springer. Uh, hit a home run yesterday, not really interested in that so much. Kevin, he is in right field. I'm going to ask you, do you, how often do you think we will see George Springer in center field this year? Well, I have had that conversation with some people that are pretty close to that, and they said that George has a little bit of ego when it comes to playing center. He does want to still play some center. I know me and you've had the conversation that if, you know, KK was to go down, Kevin Kiermaier was to go down, would they put George in center? And it does sound like that they would move him back and forth. He's just not going to be the everyday right fielder because George wants to play a little bit of center. Now, are they a better team, a better defensive team with Kiermaier in center, George Springer in right and our show and left absolutely like there's no question about that but i think i do think we're going to see a little bit of george going back and forth just because of the ego part of it right mm-hmm. i'm still pretty good athlete and i think i can play center and i actually want to play center and i think it will also help you know K- kiermeyer stand on the field because you know he's had some injury issues in the past so they are going to try and trickle some people around and look i know you started it with you don't care about the hitting the home run i do you see where it went went to right center you know why it went to right center because he's healthy and it looked free and easy like he wasn't thinking about nothing but see ball hit ball and if you're a jays fan you got to be fired up about that well i know that uh jays fans have been thank you very much kevin for the segue jays fans have been getting fired up this spring by uh, what they've seen from addison barger he is the jays top position prospect uh 22 at bats so far six hits two doubles a home run uh made some plays in the field he's got uh he's certainly getting a look from the Blue Jays this spring, and we're very pleased that Addison Barger joins us on Blair and Barker. Addison, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Uh, haven't met you or spoken to you before, so uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I had a conversation two years ago with Jed Lowry, and we were talking about his path to becoming a switch hitter. And he told me a story about when he was in high school, he and his dad went to a batting cage. I mean, we hear the story all the time. Put some money in the machine. His dad said, try hitting left, lefty. So he tried hitting lefty. It felt okay. He took it into a game, and then he became a switch hitter. Your route to being a left-handed hitter is a little different, isn't it? Because you're a natural righty, I believe. Then you became a switch hitter. Then you became a lefty hitter. Can you maybe talk us through that transition? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, naturally righty, um, but I do right left-handed naturally, so I'm kind of a mixed bag in that in that case. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to hit left-handed because I really liked Ichiro, being from Seattle, growing up watching the Mariners. So uh, I decided, you know, when I was probably seven or eight, I'm going to start taking swings and BP left-handed with my dad. He was all for it, and uh, I did it for about a year before I started going in the game, switch hitting, and uh, that's kind of how it just came along the decision to go left-handed was that just uh once again ichiro right yeah that was pretty much it 
Addison, 2021, you sort of hit your stride offensively, and it's very intriguing about the leg kick for me. I, I you know, I know it's 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 all fun and and cool to watch some guy on TV kicking the leg to the ear, but it's actually one thing to go out and perform and do that to, at the highest level. Is there, you know, is there a, a one thing that stands out to you that sort of clicked that said, oh, I got it, because it sort of happened in 2021 when you were in Dunedin. That's when you started driving the baseball and hitting the baseball, I think, the way you wanted to. Is there one thing that clicked that turned you into this Addison? Um, I want to say there was just one thing that clicked. The big thing was I gained 50 pounds from the last season I played. So the 50 pounds of added, you know, body weight. I was, you know, three times stronger than I was before. So just the overall strength really just gave me the ability to hit the ball hard and hit homers and drive the ball Uh pretty similar swing from 19 to 21 my swings are pretty much almost identical always had the leg kicks always did that uh it was really just an added strength thing you know i decided i wanted to be a power hitter so i went from 160 to 220 i did it and uh came along it's difficult to maintain balance when you are a bigger dude using that 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 kick because you know i look at ichiro now ichiro was you know ichiro i think had like 0.05 percent body fat or something like that but is it a little harder when you're a bigger dude to do that or is it just natural after you um, after you get used to it? It's you know it's part of who you are. Yeah, it's just part of who I am. No, I don't I don't struggle with balance or anything. I'm also you know I prioritize my uh, time in the weight room and everything. So uh, with the extra size, it's more muscle and more strength to be able to control the body weight. So uh, you know it's, it hasn't been tough at all. Addison, I've heard you talk about plan and approach. You know, there, there's every uh, hitter, good hitters have progressions. They, they find the balance. They find from the ground up. They find what, what trigger they want. Seems like you found that. I have heard you talk about plan and approach. How's that going? Are you there? Do you think you found something that, you know, now that you're going to these higher levels, you, if you go to AAA, if you go to the big leagues, you're going to need that. How is the plan and approach going? Oh, it's going it's going well so far. I mean, spring training, you know, you're kind of just getting back in the rhythm, trying to, uh, you know, <clears throat> work on what you need to work on, what, you, what you're feeling, what you're not feeling. Uh, but it's going overall well. Uh, when I'm in midseason form, I'm able to sit an off speed. Uh, every pitch, just react to the heater. They uh, keep the barrel path, drive the other way. But uh, so it's just about finding the rhythm and the timing, getting, you know, the little uh, – the fast speed and everything that comes along with it. Uh, but it's going well, you know. Um, I haven't had a lot of times this spring where I've uh, kind of sold out to a pitch and just said, you know, I'm going to take this pitch and drive it full side for a homer um, just because I'm, I'm starting from hitting the ball deeper and then moving up and up, up and up and then uh, eventually party out front. Party out front. That's awesome. That's a great way to say it. Now, Addison, I had a, l a little issue the higher levels I went to with plate awareness, right? The ball in off the plate gave me trouble, but just because I forgot where the plate is, I thought I was a younger guy. I could cover all of that. Is there is there one thing, you know, that when you show up in spring training early in the morning that you know, okay, if I do the high tee, if I do the low tee, if I think about leveling my swing out, if I do any one little thing that's going to keep me where I need to be consistently? Um, yeah. So pretty much even in, when I'm early morning cage work and I'm doing flips, I'll work on uh, if I can get my barrel to uh, 
the pitch up and in, like uncomfortably up and in, and get that barrel to it and drive it uh, in the air to right, I can get to anything. So I know if I'm able to do that and feel that, I'll be able to get to any pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and you know, Addison, I was I was thinking about this. You know, looking back, looking at guys sort of from your class and everything. You know, it, it went through COVID. Uh, we had shortened season, then we had you know interrupted spring training. I know that because of or delayed spring training for the major league dudes because of this the uh, the lockout and things of this nature. Do you almost get the sense that it's all normal now? <laughs> you know, like it's got, it's, this is a normal baseball season. It's a normal spring and, and, and things are just going to, you know, go the way they should go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think this is as normal as it gets. Uh, so yeah, everything looks good. Um, yeah. It's just another year. I what think did, last year was pretty good too. It seemed pretty normal. <laughs> what did you want to do this spring? when you showed up at camp and do you feel you've accomplished it or on, you know, on route to accomplishing it? Um, I just wanted to come here and just do what I know how to do. And, uh, I know what I'm capable of doing. And if I'm doing that, uh, I can't uh, ask for much more out of myself. So, uh, I haven't showed it completely yet, but yeah, I'm on, on, I'm on route to do that. So, uh, you know, more fun things to come for sure. It would seem like when you're you're trying to be the offensive player that you want to be, and then the organization's asking you to do all of these things defensively, move to all these certain positions. I got to ask, is that hard? Like a mental part of, you know, just using different gloves. Like, is there something that goes into because you want to be that hitter, you want to be that stud, you can carry a team in a lineup, but you also need to play defense. The defensive side of it has that been a tough transition trying to play different positions. No, no, not really. I mean, uh, I actually enjoy it. You know, I would, it's nice to mix it up. Like, it's nice now I get to get some reps in the outfield because I've never really done it before. It's kind of a a part of baseball I've never explored. So it, it keeps it fresh and fun. So I actually enjoy it. Have you been able to talk to dudes like Kevin or about you know, playing all these multiple positions? Santiago's done it as well, I believe. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's just, you know, <clears throat> for me, it's just going to the outfield is going to be the tough part. So I've been spending a lot of time with Kier Meyer and Barshaw out there. and They've helped me a lot in the outfield, with, you know, little things I need to know and do. And uh, the work's been really good out there. Yeah, it, uh, pretty good guys to uh, see as examples and to follow. Addison, thanks so much for taking time out to join us today. Really appreciate it, man. It's been fun watching you play. Yep. We look forward to seeing you up here at some point and stay healthy and go get them. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks no for having question. me on. Thanks, Appreciate Addison. it. Take care. It's Addison yeah. Barger of the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, as I said on uh, social media today, we're going to be talking about him an awful lot over the next couple of years because, look, he's, if he goes to third base, um, I, listen, I, I'd like to see Matt Chapman sign an extension with the Blue Jays. I will be shocked if he does at this point, and he will be a free agent at the end of this year. This is a team that... Uh, paying a lot of money to a lot of dudes and and i'm sure the blue jays I'm sure there'd be worse things for the blue jays and being able to stick a uh, regular position player in the lineup next year who isn't earning 40 million dollars or 20 million dollars so yeah the future's right there it's all in it's all in front of addison barger and uh man if you watch this kid play he's uh it's funny i he looks to me kevin he's like He's what prospects used to look like. 
Right? When you roll into spring <laughs> yeah. training, uh, seriously, yeah. I'd roll into spring training <laughs> like the 90s. Okay, this dude's a prospect. Cliffy Floyd was a prospect. Rondell White was a prospect. Michael Barrett was a prospect. You'd go and see these guys and go, all right, impress me. And they did. And that's kind of how I view this kid. Yeah, I think Addison, you know, he talks about the defensive side of it, and he likes it. I think his having his arm strength helps the organization be able to move him around, put him further away from first base, put him in the outfield, hit and cut off guys. He's, he, you know, has seems like an accurate arm. He's bought into wanting to do that. And, oh, by the way, Jeff, if you haven't noticed, they are begging for a dude to come out of their minor league system who's oh. left-handed who oh. can just donkey punch baseballs. Absolutely. Like, they are just begging for it. And if you, and if you can figure out – if you're Addison, how to do that consistently and stay away from those big, you know, the the big bad parts of, of what goes on in a, in a regular season, you'll end up ultimately going where he wants to go. Yeah, it's it's a again. If you're a Jays fan, I think the not only this year looks good, but the future looks good because people like Addison are coming along, and that's an intriguing thing. Even if you do lose a guy like Matt Chapman, because you're starting to hear rumblings of like seven, eight years at two hundred million. That's a lot. Who would say okay. that? Who would that's say a, that? Who who was criticized for a, saying that the long term contract would start with the number two? Hmm. Who was criticized? Yeah, just because you say it doesn't mean it's right. I know. Boy, is that true. I, I cannot. I cannot disagree with you there. The Jays are in Fort Myers to play the play the. I'm the guy that says Bo's going to be the cleanup hitter. What the hell? The Jays are in Fort Myers today to take on the Boston Red Sox. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game on Sportsnet 590. The fan. It's also on the television as well. Ben Wagner joins us next. I know I got that right. Ben Wagner joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And uh, if you got a TV close by, we're on Sportsnet 360. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> All right, a reminder, we'll have Blue Jays baseball for you this afternoon on Sportsnet and on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Ben Wagner, with the call from Fort Myers. The Jays take on the Boston Red Sox. Corey Kluber will be pitching for the Red Sox. Zach Thompson on the mound for the Blue Jays. Ben will join us in a few minutes from the uh, press box at the, I think it's, I don't even know, are they calling it JetBlue Park or whatever? I don't know what it's called. I don't know what these ballpark names are but uh 105 will be the first pitch mm. uh kevin we got an assignment we had an assignment for you yesterday we've got barker's back leg line going the number 416-413-3959 we have been soliciting voicemail messages from you our listener and our viewer as well you can call us if you're watching us on tv and uh we want you to leave a question for kevin a comment for kevin or because he's down in florida in the sun while the rest of us are shoveling snow, an assignment for Kevin. In other words, Kevin's our man in the scene, so if you've got a question about something you need to know, and we like it, we'll pass it on to Kevin. Yesterday, Terry in New Brunswick asked you about Don Mattingly's impact on the organization so far, or rather, I guess, 
what you have noticed about how Don Mattingly is going about his work, Kevin, and I know you, uh, well, as you, as you are wont, you did dig into that. Yeah, I have. Well, you know, Don Mattingly, since he's been here, he, I, I got to be honest with you, just watching him on TV and, and listening to him talk whenever he did his media scrums away from, you know, not being the, the bench coach for the Toronto Blue Jays, I, I didn't realize how quiet and to himself he was. And I think that's the one thing that stands out here is, you know, he's one of those guys who just, I don't know if the right way to say it is he doesn't want to be seen. Just that I think he is one of those guys who thinks he can help more just by being one of the guys, not mm-hmm. the, being Donnie baseball. Cause you know, it's Donnie baseball, Jeff, like he you, is Donnie baseball. Sometimes you just, you know, you, you want to be that guy. And he just, from what, from the people that I've talked to, the coaches I've talked to, the, the players that I've talked to said, he's just the opposite of that. He's one of those guys that I've noticed. And the people that I've talked to, uh, like Spencer Horowitz, I talked to him for a couple of minutes and he was saying that when they were at first base and, and he was working with Vladdy footwork and, and how to take throws from certain, uh, players in the infield. Uh, Spencer was there too. He treated Spencer just like he treated Vladdy. Like there was no, you know, uh oh, it's Vladdy and it's poor little old Spencer back here, and I'm just going to be uh, somebody standing around that nobody's going to notice. No, he he seems to notice, you know, whether you have 88 on your back or you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was the that was the first thing that that sort of stood out to me. I did talk to Mark Budzinski for a very long time, and he was telling me uh, on backfields they they been to the minor league side uh, teaching base running and here would come uh, Don Mattingly with Mark Budzinski to just give a little insight. He's not one of those guys that's going to take over the room. He's the guy that if you need my input, I'm going to give it to you because I've been there and done it before. I've done everything in baseball you could you could do. So, you know, the, the coaches have been raving about uh, Donnie baseball. Uh, and the one thing too, I think if you've noticed a couple of th- times that he has talked, he does say a lot that we'll have to ask John Snyder. We're going to run it by, by John Snyder yes. first, right? I, I don't want to say, Jeff, it's a pecking order because that is the wrong way to say it. They're all in this together. Yeah. But I think that is just a cool thing to hear out of a guy that has done as much as, as Don Mattingly has done. Saying that to a young manager who is trying to take an organization and a team to a World Series and say, you know, he's our leader. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, we're going to give our input, but we're going to have to run it by John Snyder first. So, you know, it's this. It, I, I just, I think you could hunt and look forever mm-hmm. trying to find somebody to say something bad about Don Mattingly, and you can't. Well, he's been everything I think that the organization wants from him, and more. Well, and and I mean, let's be clear, Don Mattingly has managed. Don Mattingly would understand what it's like to have somebody. And I'm person may not have the pedigree of Don Mattingly, but I'm sure Don Mattingly's been in a situation where he's wondered whether or not all his coaches have his back. And, you know, he's lost a couple of jobs. I, I'm sure he's got an understanding that, hey, I, it's it's not that you got to tread softly, but you got to be there to have John Schneider's back. You're his bench coach. You've got to be there to have his back. And I you know, I would just think that a guy like Don Mattingly, and we know he's got other goals in the game. He's involved in the Nashville expansion bid. 
I would be willing to bet he wants to manage again. He probably wouldn't tell us that. No he probably question. wouldn't tell anybody that. But it's kind of the same thing well, as... like he has to... Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as James Click being in the organization as well. You know, these guys, guys who've been around understand. Because you know what? A lot of these guys have felt, I don't care, Kevin, you played. I don't care how good guys are. At some point in their life, baseball players feel as if somebody has screwed them over. And I've got to think that managers have that feeling as well. So everybody kind of has a sense of what you can do and what you can't do, you know, what you can do to make yourself helpful and not be interfering because there is that fine line between being helpful and interfering. Uh, good work there, Kev. Let's, uh, let's uh, play our, our next – let's get our next assignment for Kevin over the weekend, Mark, and then we'll bring Ben Wagner in. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kevin. Travis from Saskatoon. I was curious how much playing time you guys think Alejandro Kirk is going to see this season. I mean, I have to admit, after the Jays traded Moreno away in the Varsho trade, signing a guy like Brandon Belt, which I was happy with the signing, but if a guy like Brandon Belt has a year like he did in 2021, that's going to lock up a lot of the DH time. And Alejandro Kirk, who was one of the more consistent hitters the Jays had last year, I can't imagine he's going to see more than two or three times a week behind the plate. So I'm just curious how much playing time you guys think Alejandro Kirk's going to get this season. Thank you. Bye. All right, Travis. Thanks a lot, man. Will uh, Travis from Saskatoon. So there's your assignment, Barker. Good timing because we are expecting to see Alejandro Kirk this weekend, maybe Sunday, probably Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. And yep. as, as you've said, he could be their cleanup hitter. He could be their cleanup hitter. Everybody I've talked to, everybody I've talked to, I think he is the cleanup hitter. In, in, unless you're seeing, you know, Brandon Belt play the next 25 or however many games left in spring training, and he's mm. raking, and he shows them that he can do things that Alejandro Kerr can't do. I I just think this is me predictability. Yep. You really don't know what you're going to get from Brandon because of the injury and, and the lack of playing time in spring training. Varsho, you know, he's coming to a new team. You don't want to just throw him in the cleanup spot. You do know what you're going to get from Kirky. When he's hitting, he's a threat to use the entire field. Hitting homers? Absolutely not. But driving the ball and giving you a competitive at bat. So I would assume, or at least early on, it's Alejandro Kirk. Well, uh, let's bring in Ben Wagner. He is the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He is in uh, lovely Fort Myers. He sucked it up and made the trip down there. He'll have the call of the game on the uh, radio side. What? What are you guys laughing at? He'll have the call of the game on the radio side. The game will also be in TV. And uh, you are not allowed to complain about the traffic, Wagner, because we've got a snowstorm here. So I'll just tell you, don't... Don't complain. Then what am I going to complain about? Well, I don't know. Complain <laughs> about how hot it is or, or, or whatever. But uh, congratulations on making that trip oh, and surviving. I'm in the shade. I hate that drive. There is. I'm a man on an island. I'm the only guy to do it. Everybody <sighs> else stayed back in Dunedin. Yeah. Ben, I hate to tell you yeah. this. They're, they're, they're trying to tell you something. <laughs> they're trying to tell you something. Anyhow, yeah, all I've been that there aside. Before, ben. The good news yeah. is that you got John Schneider all to yourself um, today. What what what's the update on Alejandro Kirk and Brandon Belt? Is there an update on those two? There's an update on Alejandro Kirk. He caught two innings today in the backfields, and he caught a couple of guys: Mitch White, he caught Adam Simber. If everything goes according to plan, hopefully he plays on Monday for the Blue Jays. Okay, uh, catching so, or yeah, DH? He's He's progressing very very well. That's okay. the good news. Okay. Um, play is is the emphasis here. So okay. I think 
they'll have to look at who's going to, and hey, Alec Manoa is going to start that game. So, mm-hmm. one, it's very exciting to get Alec Manoa out there. I think they'll just make that a determination closer to game time. Okay. And Brandon Belt, we're just uh, we're just waiting, I've right? Had, you know what? I've had a number of conversations with Brandon Belt. I've had a number of conversations with uh, the coaches. There's no rush right now for Brandon Belt. Um, I, mm-hmm. I get the sense that late next week will be the real telltale sign of where he is, where he's feeling, both in terms of a timing sequence at the plate, but also a health sequence at the plate and whether or not he's going to give this a real full go and try to get 30 to 40 at-bats between ball games and backfield activity over the last two weeks of camp. Yeah, further to that point, Ross Atkins just walked by when I was watching uh, Brandon Bell take uh, some hacks off of Zach Pop, and, and and I asked Ross about what he thought of Brandon Bell's swing there, and he said it looked quick and the sound was good off his bat. I, you can take that as you'd like um, when you might see him, but I, it seems like they're pretty happy about that. Okay, I'm going to hit you with this right out the gate, and, and me and Jeff have had this, I don't want to say it's an argument, disagreement, it's an argument. or it's just that I'm right and Jeff is and Jeff is wrong. But opening opening day, if everybody is healthy, Ben Wagner, who is mm-hmm. the cleanup hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays? This has been a massive talking point in a number of different sectors in the front office. And you look at it from uh, who are the big boys, how do you want to stack them up, who has gotten you a lot of production in the past, and then maybe matchup-wise, how the Blue Jays think, you know, their handedness, can you lengthen the lineup in different scenarios? If it is opening day, if it is today, I go George Springer, Lobachette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Alejandro Kirk, if everything checks out over the next few weeks, yeah. he gets the cleanup spot for me. And, and I'll tell you why. And this, there is a lot of, there's a lot of conversation and some very loud voices, you know, trying to rally for their opinion on this, that Bobachette could be a cleanup hitter. Matt Chapman could be a cleanup hitter. One of the left-handed bats could be the cleanup hitter like Dalton Varsho he could eventually be a cleanup hitter what is Brandon Bell going to give you so these are things one a couple of them have yet to be determined including Alejandro Kirk and Brandon Bell but I think stability right now with what the Blue Jays have seen from those top three and the fourth Alejandro Kirk getting the ball in play spraying line drives all over the place that is where the Blue Jays are leaning as it is today uh, I, I mean, uh, we talked about this earlier in spring. There was some thought that maybe Bo Bichette would get a, a, a prime RBI spot. But, I mean, I... I, I, I was right there with you. Yeah, I but, loved it. But I, I, I still do, and I still bark and disagrees with me, but I'm still willing to bet that Bo Bichette's going to get a ton of playing time at at uh, the cleanup, or will get a lot of time at cleaning up this year because just the way the season's going to go. But at the same time, there is, you know, that old idea. The guys, the top three get more at bats, and it's pretty hard to argue. You know, the whole lefty-righty thing doesn't matter with Springer, Bo, and Vladdy, right? It, it, no, it, it, does. it, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't matter. And Alejandro no, Kirk's Springer. probably put himself in that category, too. Absolutely. I mean, you need George Springer right there getting late inning at bats. And then the two guys in the American League that are first and second the last two years in hits yep. are Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So it doesn't get much more uh, of, a difficult, of a difficult pocket in the lineup to navigate if you're a Blue Jays opponent than what's coming around in inning 7, 8, and 9. Ben, who's the 26th man? Who, who goes to St. Louis and, and is the Blue Jays 26th man on the roster? Yeah, that's a really good debate that's happening right now and what the Blue Jays need. And I think 
a little bit of this conversation includes the 40-man roster and how flexible they are and who's available uh, coming out of camp. But I also, somebody told me earlier today, the Blue Jays are in a win-now mentality. And while you want to keep organization depth, while you want to have a lot of flexibility with your players, if there's a better player that can get you out of the gate and you can't win a championship in April, but you, you can certainly sink yourself in the month of April, they can go out and they can find that guy. And I think that that, that is an option, that maybe that 26th man is not in the organization right now. If it is in the organization, there are a couple of ways to look at this. You flex the 40. Maybe you need another right-handed outfielder like Wynton Bernard. Nathan Lucas has displayed so much defensively, controls the strike zone very well, gets on the bases, and can run them really well. He's another left-handed hitter and can play all three outfield positions. He's in the conversation. But if you look at how the Blue Jays are constructed, what do we see a lot of? Versatility, right? Whit Merrifield, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal, yes, but he's going to be primarily on the diamond this year. Otto Lopez checks all those boxes, Mm -hmm. and they spelled him a lot at shortstop only because to get him ready for the WBC. But when he's not getting reps at short, where is he at? He's in the outfield, and he is wiry strong. He is somebody that the Blue Jays gave a look at, continue to get a lot of look at here in spring training. So, you know, just reading the tea leaves, I think there's a massive advantage for Otto to be in St. Louis. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm always been of the belief that my 25th man or my 26th man has to be able to play second or short. That's just I I you know handedness is a nice thing, but I I I need that guy, especially given the composition of this outfield. I need a guy to be able to to you know to handle uh, to handle an infield position. And he can pick it. And yeah, he, and he yes. can pick it. He he has some of the trusted hands, the most trusted hands in the organization, and that's saying something with. Guys like Matt Chapman and Santiago Espinal and, and, a, and a couple others that are ahead of him on the pecking order. But when they talk about guys that you trust with a ball on the ground who can range-wise go get it and also then pick it, Otto Lopez is right there. Okay, Ben, I think we, we've narrowed it down to 26 man. And, and you know, I, I, Jeff always asked me about spring training for guys that are on the bubble. And I always say a lot of the times you just want enough playing time and you want to perform high enough just to be that first guy to be called up. Is there anybody that you've seen? And I want you to give me a pitcher. I want you to give me a position player that you think has excelled enough here that maybe would be that first guy to get called up if something was to happen. I look at it a number of different ways, Kevin, because what what's going to be required of this person if he gets called up? Is it just a short pocket of time where you need uh, to plug somebody in a position if there's a, a bruise and you're waiting on evaluation? Or is it somebody that you're going to need to be in there for a couple of weeks? If it's a couple of weeks, uh, if it's in the outfield, I lean Nathan Lucas right away, hands down. That's, that's the guy that's coming up from AAA Buffalo for me. Uh, I'm in the camp that Addison Barger goes to AAA. I know there is a growing groundswell of people and, and a fan base that wants to see Addison Barger. But if Addison Barger's in the big leagues, Addison Barger's probably not playing because Matt Chapman is over at third base and Boba starting at shortstop. Addison Barger is the insurance policy for me with the arm that he possesses, and he's got a great, great swing, and he is attacking the baseball right now. And if it's over the plate, he's not missing it. He's in a great spot. That's another reason why I want to see Addy play each and every day and also be ready to play third base and keep those skills sharp, keep those throw on target. 
he can easily slide over and play shortstop. But again, uh, this is this is a move for me. If there is a need on the diamond, Addison Barger is that guy that's going to come up and get a really long look if there is something. Other than that, um, he goes to AAA for me. But those are the top two guys. Very quickly, Ben, we just have a couple of minutes. Pitch clock's obviously been a major source of conversation. Who has it helped the most, do you think, and who has it hurt the most so far? <laughs> Understanding it's halfway it? through. Yeah, who's it helped the most? Um, Chris Bassett, because he's got a new toy to play with. <laughs> uh, he, he's got the pitch yeah. down device. He's, he's, he's got everything. I mean, he has been waiting and waiting and waiting to do this. And, and also, you know what? I think it is also given Kevin Gosman a ton, a ton of confidence, pitching with the pitch clock, working with the pitch comm device, and also getting these reps that we've seen now in two game starts for Kevin Gosman with the timer in action, with this poster child delivery that Major League Baseball made such a big deal about, he has gone flawlessly out there on the mound. Mm. Ben, we are going to let you scoot rest of the pipes. Uh, we look forward to your call in a little over an hour time from Fort Myers. The Jays against the Boston Red Sox on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Corey Kluber against Zach Thompson. Have a great weekend, my friend. Stay, uh, I was going to say stay cool, but, you know, just enjoy the weather. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I've climatized very, very quickly. Yes. Trust me. All right. Take Thank care. You. That's Ben Wagner, radio voice See of the buddy. Blue Jays. Uh, he is in Fort Myers. Now, we used, to, we used to make that trip back when we did the show. We go to Fort Myers and stop off at uh, Cracky Barrel. Stop off at Cracker Barrel. That is oh, the one assignment. Nice. The one assignment you have to do for me, Kevin. You got to get me the root beer candies from Cracker Barrel. You got to bring me a bunch of those back. Yeah, don't hold your breath. I'm not. I'm not. Don't worry. Uh, hey, uh, that is it for us. It's been a great week. Jen, Mark. And uh, Lance, thanks so much for uh, holding it all together. Mr. Barker, enjoy your weekend off. Don't forget your assignment. The rest of you, we will chat with you on Monday from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Sportsnet 360, please leave a nice review if you're listening to us on podcast. Have a great weekend.